Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. This week's episode features Lauren Katz. She's the creative strategist at Moroccan Oil, and she also happens to be my cousin. And she was also Base Beauty's first employee. So super cool to have her on the show. And last week, if you missed it, we talked with Marcia Kilgore. She's the founder of Beauty Pie. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. This is a super special episode. This is the family episode of our podcast, First Ever. I'm sitting next to Lauren Katz. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Lauren Katz is my cousin, and she also is in creative strategy at Moroccan Oil. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. So I want everybody to know how we know each other. Okay. Right? Because this is important. Yes. Um, I married your cousin. You did. And I've known you since you were... Probably 12. 11 or 12. Right. Because I was at your bat mitzvah. You were. And now I have to tell the story. Yes, you do. Okay, so <laughs> this is going to go here. Okay. <laughs> um, as a favor, you gave out these really great... What would they call them? Slouchy socks? What do we call them then? Like... Yes, like thick, those thick, high, scrunchy Scrunchy socks, socks. and you like push them down, but they were tie-dye, like full-on, like rainbow tie-dye. Of course. And they were awesome. And I, I, if you were 13, I was 26. So, right, so yeah, we're 13 years older than you. So I had these socks for a really long time. I think I had my pair and then lost them in the city and like asked David where, where his pair are because I want... <laughs> Yes, one of them. You loved that. You were probably the biggest fan of the favors. Yes, and um, I don't have them anymore, and David doesn't have his. But like, I always think about the socks. I know. I always think about you thinking about the socks. I think it was like if you were to go back for something in a fire, it was the socks. socks, Yeah. yeah. So, um, but we know each other in many different ways because you were one of the first employees of Base Beauty, Mm -hmm. which I guess was like what, like five years ago, six years ago. Like maybe seven. Oh my god, it's a long time. I know. Um, So let's tell the story of how you got this job because it's not just like I said, "Hey, come work at the company." Like I didn't even know that you were interested. Um, And I want to tell the story because we have a lot of Gen Z listeners, like a lot of young teens who are really interested in our industry and really want to know, like, how is that going to be me someday? Right. So take us back in time. So I was still in college, and I think I was coming close to graduating, and I always knew I wanted to work in beauty, and I remember my mom said, you should reach out to Jodi, you know, she has her agency, and she has all these beauty clients, and so I did, and I was just you, and you had a bunch of freelancers at the time, and you asked if I wanted to come intern with you, so I maybe did that for a few months, and then... I got an internship through school, through credits, with a magazine and that shall rename, remain nameless. And I was probably like two or three weeks into it, and I just knew it wasn't for me. And around that same time, you, were, you reached out to me. You had so much work, and you asked if I wanted a full-time job with you. And I had just graduated at the time, and it couldn't have been more perfect because I was <laughs> done where I was. And it kind of happened naturally. I think it was kind of like a natural fit. It's where I wanted to be. And um, I loved the internship. I loved what I did. I, was, I got very um, attached to the work. Um, and so then there we were. 
Right, so I, I uh, like hearing this story because for teens who are like, I'm not going to talk to my mom or dad about this, like, you're really doing yourself a disservice, totally. right? Like, your totally. parents know, they've been through this before, and they also know who, pe- who in their network might be connected to something that you're passionate about. Yes, and I think when you're at that stage, you don't want to network or talk to people. It's awkward. You feel like a weirdo reaching out to people. Luckily, I didn't feel like a weirdo reaching out to you, um, but totally just like suck it up and do it, and if there's someone that is doing something that you're interested in, you don't know where that can lead to, and luckily for me, it's how I am now in the industry and will probably always be in this industry. Right, so um, the family I'm married into has a really big advertising background, mm-hmm. so it's not like a huge surprise you landed in like you know the, the creative realm mm-hmm. of this business. Do you want to take us back a little bit? Um, yes. So my grandpa started an agency at the time called Lieber Katz Partners, and he um, had that forever. And then my dad, I actually just recently heard this story. My dad, at the time, um, my brother and I asked him, why didn't you work there? And he always said, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to do it on my own. Um, I didn't want to just work for my dad. So he um, got a job out of school at BBDO, I think out of school, early on in his career at BBDO. Um, He was there for, I think, over 17 years. Um, BBDO is an advertising agency in New York. And he, um, so advertising is kind of, I think, now in my blood, whether I wanted it to be or not, it was kind of what I was surrounded by. It was my environment. And I am now at where I am in my life now. I'm hearing, I'm learning that I was hearing all these things and I have all these things that have been ingrained in me, whether I realize it then or not, um, that have kind of shaped who I am, how I think, my opinions on things when it comes to branding and work and all of that. Um, So while I didn't go work at an advertising agency necessarily, um, because I knew I always wanted to be in beauty, I think it's totally formed who I am, why I do what I do, why I'm good at what I'm I'm good at, why I'm not good at, you know, what I'm not good at. Um, So yeah. And your dad um, gave me an internship. Yes. At BBDO when yes. I was in college. Yes. And um, I guess this is, you know, what is that called? Like pay it forward kind of stuff? Yeah. It, right? He gave me a job and then I gave you a job. Right. Yes. Because that was my internship, but then it turned into a, a job for me. And um, mm-hmm. I, like, it, it was um, a great first job for me, like coming out of college. It's like a pretty intense advertising environment, and um, a lot is expected from you there. Right. And um, I definitely use the skills that I learned there when I was like, whatever, 19, 20 years old and running my business now. Totally. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I say thank you to him every time I see him. Yeah. Funny way. enough, I think there was a point where I, didn't know what I wanted to do so much. And I, you know, it's hard to find a job when you're still in college. I started looking and I was like, oh, you know, I'll just work at BBDO. I was like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. And I was so, I I, I didn't understand it at the time. And now I'm so grateful because, you know, I wouldn't have, I don't think I'd be where I am. Um, But yeah. So let's talk about why beauty. You keep saying you, you knew you wanted to work in beauty. Why? I think it's because I'm, I mean, I'm a customer, you know, I'm so passionate about for always, I mean, uh, since I was a kid, I have, we always did, you know, makeup when people came over, it was always like hair, makeup, that was just my thing, um, which I think is probably most girls or a lot of girls can say. Um, But recently somebody that was out of, coming out of school asked, like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, how do, how did you figure this out? And 
my only response was go to some, think of what you're interested in. Like, what do you care about? What do you like to talk about? Forget about work. What do you, what are you interested in? That's where you need to walk towards. And that's what I did. Um, I didn't know what specifically, I didn't know if I wanted to do PR. I didn't know if I wanted to do marketing. I had no idea at that point, but I loved makeup. I loved beauty. I loved all of it. And I knew that I could find a place there because I was passionate about what I was talking about and what I was doing. And Right. So I remember when you first started working with me, it, um, it, it crystallized something for me that I didn't even know, which is that my team needs to be beauty junkies of any kind. Like, you, like I'm not like a, maybe a hair junkie, but I'm a skincare junkie, right? My team for this agency to work right, the way that I envisioned it, like the people who make up the team, the people who are servicing our clients and coming up with great ideas need to really be super connected. Totally. And you showed me that and you were like at the time so obsessed with nails. Are you still into nails? No. <laughs> I'll always have a manicure, but no, I don't have nail art anymore. I, but... I mean, you were, like, tracking down nail artists oh, all over the place. This totally. Is, like, really serious for you. Oh, it was a passion. Right. I've grown out of that, but I totally agree. I think, I mean, for me at least, I could only be good at my job if I loved what I was talking about. I don't think that I could do my job in in, in the banking industry or, you know, if I couldn't work for a car company. I wouldn't be good at that. I totally agree. I think you need to be really, like, passionate about what you're talking about. And I think it makes you, it gives you this perspective of being on the other side of things and you can think of things differently. I think you're not just, you know, doing a job. You're thinking of things that you would enjoy, that you would connect with, that make sense to you. And I think it gives you a big advantage. I was in a meeting recently with a potential client and the client, the potential client was challenging us on like, why would we as a beauty brand hire a beauty agency? It's like, wouldn't we want someone out of the beauty industry? And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh my God, like you can't fake your way through mm -hmm. this business. Like I was trying to find a way, a nice way to say it, uh -huh. a polite way to say it. But um, to think that like someone who is used to working on automotive or banking can just automatically like insert themselves in this business and have a dialogue with your consumer who's like just as passionate as you or I, like that's, it's kind of crazy thinking. Totally. You just can't fake it. No, no. You need to know, you need to be on the other side of it. You need to know what the other side of this wants, needs, craves, gravitates towards, and you, you're, you need to speak to yourself almost. Right. I think of it like um, the gaming business. So like mm -hmm. my kids are like really into video games and yeah. Xbox and stuff. And if a Xbox brand or game or whatever came to us and said, hey, can you work on our new launch? I would say, no, this is, you don't want us on this. Like this is not the right space for us. Right. We don't know what your fan cares about. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, we don't have an instinct for it. When I watch the kids play, like, I don't know anything that they're doing. I don't understand the language of it. Right? It's yeah. like a completely different world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are times when agency or not or whoever it may be, you know, pitches an idea or comes or we're even having a meeting. And if I'm like, oh my God, I would love that. You know, that's so smart. That's so great. You know, it's, you know, it's a good idea. You know, it could work because I would, you know, I, I, you could sell it to me. Whereas if this was, if we're in gaming, I'd be like, oh, can't help you there. So tell us about what um, your everyday is like. What does the job mean? What are you doing? What are your tasks with? So funny enough, I think, and I've always said this to you actually also, this is the hardest question to answer for me because um, I kind of have my hands in everything. 
Um, I work with all different teams. I work with all different departments. I work with all different people. And I never really know what my day is going to be like, um, which is the beauty of my job, I feel. Um, I could think that I'm you know, working on this project one day and then this comes up and we have to switch. And there's a lot of um, kind of being flexible and adapting and uh, multitasking, um, which is what I love about my job. But I love working with the creative team and finding creative ways to tell a story or solve a problem or just continue a conversation that's being had that you want to maybe find a new way of, of having. Um, I think what you taught me is to to not look like look so hard into things. Like you know, you can have a big idea, and it doesn't need to be this mind blowing thing that no one's heard of. Sometimes it's the the simplest things can be the most powerful, um, and that's something I always keep in mind, and something that we're kind of always going over and playing with, and at my job at least, is, um, you know, being creative and not being crazy and being all over the place. So I think being in the creative department, your day is never, you know, okay, I'm going to answer this email and this email and I'm going to do this and I'm done. You never really know. Right. But you've been there for several years. So, you know, obviously there's um, a true contribution you make, even though if it's not the same every day, Mm -hmm. what would you summarize it as? Uh, that's, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. I think um, what I've seen with working with different clients when I was with you and even where I am now is that, um, you know, if you work in PR, that's what you're doing. You're doing PR and you're speaking to editors and you're speaking with influencers. If you're in education, you're speaking to, in our case, stylists, you're speaking to the trade. Everyone's kind of focusing on where they need to focus on. Um, what I do at the company is I kind of look at, all teams and look at what everyone's doing and see how we can bring it together and, you know, say, this is what's happening in here. Let's try to to weave it into this story and make sure that whatever we're saying is something that's cohesive to the consumer um, and it's cohesive in what the brand is putting out. So it's, it's again, it's hard to say what I do every day, um, but that's kind of the big picture of what I'm doing is working with all teams to make sure that, um, you know, we're finding ways to say the same thing differently. Okay, so I have a I have a an idea of how I think that you contribute, mm-hmm. you know, based on mm-hmm. what you told me about Moroccan oil and the way that I've worked with you before. Yeah. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay. I think that your like true talent, um, and this is very unique, is that you become an absolute advocate for the brand. Mm-hmm. And you did this when we were working with me, Clinique was your main client. You knew whether something was Clinique sometimes better than the client team, right? You had such a gut instinct for this feels on brand, this is the voice of the brand, or this is what the brand looks like, or this is how the brand really needs to be expressed to the consumer based on the values of who Clinique was, Mm -hmm. is. Um, That, I think, is your true talent. Like, how you make, how you bring that to life, you know, sometimes it might be through a digital first campaign, sometimes it might be through an event or whatever. That changes day to day, but I think that's really your gift. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm always... Team Moroccan Oil. I I um, I think another thing that struck me when we had a client who was so convinced she brought us on board to do some specific project. I don't remember at the time, and it turned into so much more because 
she was briefing us on who the on who she was and who her brand was and she's like and you were like well that's not really what i i got when i was researching your brand she's like oh no 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 that's this is a story we've been telling a story we've been telling and you you realized and made her realize that you think this is the story you're telling, but this is not. You're talking to yourself. You're speaking internally. You're using these words in meetings constantly, but is this what you're saying? And I always that always stuck with me, and that's something I always think of: is are we tell are we telling the story we're telling, and is this what is this what we're we're really saying? And um, it's something that I think is important to keep in mind. I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in their everyday, and you sometimes lose sight of what people are seeing and people's perception of the brand. So that's another thing that I'm always aware of is to make sure that these conversations carry through. Right. Um, you know, I have no idea what client you're talking about, so you'll tell me afterwards. <laughs> but, um, you know, while you and I are not experts in automotive, I do think it's an easy category to look at to keep it simple, mm-hmm. right? So I... D- you know, if I um, am a certain type of person who appeals to a Lexus, it, there's there's a personal value reason, right? Like it, it's appealing to something inside of me, it's either who I think I am or who I want to be, mm-hmm. right? And that's all they're doing in their advertising and mm-hmm. campaigns is reinforcing this value that they share between you and the car, whether it's who you are or who you want to be, and the car has that, right? And I think that that's our job too, yeah. right? I mean, we, we get the... Um, added luxury of like all these product benefits and ingredient stories and, you know, evocative locations and models and, you know, all that to like judge it up. Mm -hmm. But, um, the basic level, it's like in my gut, why do I care about this brand? Right. Yes. That's the only thing we have to answer. Yes. That's our work. That's our job. Totally. And I do think that people around us, you know, um, get caught up in the other stuff, Mm -hmm. but that I think is our job. And I think you're really good at doing that. Thank you. So um, tell us about the structure of your, your, your business. Like, you were not the boss, right? Like, there's people over you, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people, you know, at different levels in your business. So mm-hmm. if I am a high schooler entering college and I'm really thinking about internships and things like that, what am I expecting in a company like Rock and Oil? Is it super corporate? Is it really entrepreneurial? Like, what would I find there? So uh, Rock and Oil is a somewhat small company. At least our office in New York is small, which is something that I love about it and I knew it would be a good fit for me. Um, we have an office in New York. We have an office in Israel. We have an office in Montreal. Um, the common denominator in everyone's response who works in Moroccan oil and what do you love about Moroccan oil is the people. I mean, it's it's not super corporate. It's very relaxed. It's very. Um, it's just a great culture. I mean, I have. I can say my. I have friends at work. I don't have coworkers. I have friends, um, and that's encouraged. Um, because it's such a small company, everyone's super close. And anyone who has ever asked me, you know, if they're interested in working there, I say, I always, you know, I'll always say, yes, of course, it's, you'll love the people. It's a great, um, it's a great environment to, to start for sure, because everyone's ideas are welcome. I remember in the beginning, I was like so nervous to speak in a meeting and I I had so many ideas and I had so many thoughts, but I would, of course, would never say that, God forbid, you know, out loud. Um, but as I, as I stayed and as I grew there, I learned how valued everyone's opinion is, which I don't think is super common. Um, so I think it's really unique. I think it's really special. I don't think it's something that you could necessarily find at any brand at all. Um, I don't think that you're going to see the co-founder walk in every day and say hi to everyone. So it's a special place for me at least. 
I don't think most environments allow people at all levels to have opinions. No. I think that's really unusual. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to let our listeners know that another Base Beauty alumni just started working there, right? She Jackie did. Jackie Corey. Um, and that's really exciting for me, you know, to watch the growth of my ex-team move on and grow and develop and flourish. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny because Jackie and I had the same role working right. for you. Yep. And now both of us are doing totally different things, but have still, you know, had that fundamental learning and at Moroccan Oil and are able to kind of branch out and learn different areas of the business and find a place there, which I think is great. She didn't start in marketing, you know, right. so... That's really cool. So let's talk about what life is like for you outside of work, because this is going to be a big question for a lot of people who are entering the workforce. Like, um, will I have a life? Um, Will I be working, you know, like 12 hours a day? Um, You know, what is this, what is the expectation? Listen, I mean, honestly, I think that it's with anyone anywhere, it's what you make of it. Um, I think anyone can have a nine to five. I think anyone could have a nine to eight, you know, I think it's what you make of it. I, I personally, I believe in really committing to my job and, um, wanting to be there. And I think you could really only want to be there if, if you're invested in it. Um, I, when I first started, I would stay and just take the time to like kind of learn about other areas and learn about things that maybe weren't on my, on my to-do list. I would learn about the products. I would, just inform myself and, and take the extra time to do that so that I can, that was, in my opinion, that's, you know, how I can excel and how I can be successful and grow. Um, so what did that look like? How, what would you do? Like it, uh, when I first started, I was working on, um, there it was in the middle of a photo shoot and that my team was working on and I was maybe pulling swipes, I think at the time I, and, um, so I, be done, you know, that would take however long and five o'clock rolls around and I would, I wouldn't run out the door. I would look at a product guide that was sitting on my, the designer next to me's desk and learn about the products and, um, kind of learn the language they're using and maybe like look through the, our library and see the other projects that have been worked on before my time and just familiarize myself. It wasn't something I was asked to do. It's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to know what I was talking about and no one's going to sit there. I mean, at least no one was going to sit there for me and teach me and tell me, you know, oh, this is what's been happening the past six years since you haven't been here. I did that myself. So um, work-life balance, of course, I had a life. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there till midnight. But I do think it's important to to um, commit to what you're doing and show that you're interested and that you, um, you want to be there and that you want to do well and that you're interested. Right. So um, now that you've been there several yeah, years... Now, yeah. um, can you leave at five or five thirty? Is that like does that happen? Of course, yeah, of course. I'm not. I'm, of course, I'm not. It's not a super. I mean, my brother's in finance and he's there and working on the weekends and working until eleven o'clock at night. That's not what it is for me. That's not what it is at Moroccan Oil at all. It's not really what it is for anyone that I know in beauty. Um, but yeah, again, like I think if you take the time to kind of take an extra step um, and and be interested in what you're doing and be be and inform yourself. I think it really pays off. So yeah, now I can walk out at 5:30 and I'm okay. I'm not, right. you know. 
So, you know, you're talking about informing yourself. When I started at L'Occitane, which was like my first mm-hmm. full-time job in beauty mm-hmm. that I sort of fell into, um, I went through this like really incredible training program, like where I learned everything about everything. And this, like, I was a girl who like, I washed my face with whatever ivory soap yeah. was in the, in the yeah. shower. I didn't even know that I was like, there were other options. Uh-huh. It was so not part of the beauty world at that, at that time. And I learned so much. And I feel like um, getting all that learning in the beginning, being able to participate in those conversations, understanding the ingredients and why they work and why yes. they're important and where they come from and the stories behind them and the meaning. Um, I think that put me on the fast track to be able to do everything that I did there. Totally. And that's not something that was, I'm sure was required of you, but why would you not want to know these things? And I was lucky because my boss then, when I first started, who's still my boss, was so encouraging of us asking questions that and maybe somebody would be like, why are you asking that? Just like, ask questions, know the answer. If you're, somebody's going to quiz you on something, know the answers. And that put me in such a great place to, I mean, the support, obviously, of just, you know, keep going, 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 asking. But um, it, I totally agree. It, it made me, um, I was then able to be self-sufficient and not have to ask her every 10 seconds, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Again, I educated myself in these things so that I can answer questions and not have to ask someone about every email I got. Right. When you were um, at Base Beauty, you were really um, valuable in like setting up an organization for our work, right? And yeah. we um, operate mostly as a virtual business, so like keeping our stuff where it needs to be and yeah. training the team on on the protocols is yeah. like, critical. And you were so good at it. Um, Did that skill carry over to Moroccan oil? (laughs) Yes. So I think, yes, I'm laughing because I think anyone would put like a process protocol name tag on me at work if if they could. Um, Yes. So I was the first project manager at Moroccan oil in the creative department. Um, And as you know, and I know, you have to be organized in order to be successful. And what I've learned from a lot of people that I've interviewed or people that I've met again in the industry is that. There's there's a lack of acknowledgement on like the importance of having a protocol and being organized, and it trickles down and it affects every employee. I really think, and I believe in this so strongly. So um, when I started, I implemented everything that you taught me. Basecamp is my middle name. Um, Dropbox, all of these things, and I think being organized is kind of part of who I am. I'm a bit OCD, but implementing these things is not, I came into the company and was like, guess what, you know, this is what needs to happen in order to be successful. Had it not been for my boss supporting me and pushing back on my behalf, I would never have been able to, you know, establish what I, what has then now been established um, at the company and with the creative team and everyone who works with the creative team, there's no way. Um, But now, yes, we have, we're Everyone who comes in is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's such a relief because I think being or it's not just about being organized. I think it's about having a process, having people understand the importance of the process and having it trickle down. So, of course, you know, things are rushed and what have you. It's life. Um, But taking the time to have having being able to have time to involve everyone who needs to be involved, to have people understand what they're working on, um, to take pride in their work from the designer to the copywriter to the whoever it may be. I think it all of organization protocol affects all of that and it affects people's, I think, um, people involves um, 
happiness and what they're doing and their and their quality of, of you know their work and their job and having them feel like they have a piece in everything and not just do this and you know do this right that's such a lovely thought I'm wondering um if it drives you nuts, if a Dropbox folder is like not organized, like you don't know what the final is, if final is not marked. The prop. Well, so I work with the all the designers, so they know. And the day one, <laughs> step one on their first day is having a training in Dropbox. Fortunately, maybe unfortunately for me, I'm like such a control freak that I manage the organization. But I think designers, especially that I've worked with, they see the value. I mean, it's always everyone has always said thank God that this is, this is not what I'm used to. And it was so difficult and there were effects, you know, they were unhappy at their job because they weren't able to keep up and whatever it may be. Um, they, I think people kind of crave a process and not being the ones that are implementing it or coming up with it, just being able to benefit from it and work in having this clear and clean workflow. Um, so everyone on my team's very much aware of the process and what needs to be done. And I think every department, when I first started, it wasn't the easiest thing. I mean, people weren't like, oh, okay, I'm going to submit this and do this this way. It took time, of course. But everyone, I think, has seen how it ultimately benefits them and pays off. And if someone can't find something, they know how to, and there's nothing, there's no mistakes and things being sent the wrong way or the wrong people seeing it. And I'm an advocate of it. And I think now my whole team is such an advocate and my, every, all my coworkers are advocates for it because they've seen how, um, how beneficial it is for the organization, not just for, you know, one single person. Right. Okay, so um, when our folders don't have the final mark, I get nuts. I feel nuts inside, right? Like, of course, we're working fast. We're just trying to get something done. Uh-huh. Um, but we go back into folders so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, now this is getting like so deep into Dropbox. Uh-huh. But um, I need that final folder of to be marked final, and I need that final file to be in there, and you know all the links. Like, uh-huh. and if it's not, it's a problem uh-huh. because we're, we're going to need it again, right? We're going to have to go back in there two years of later. Of course, right. of course. And the luxury I have is being on the brand side. We don't, we won't do things if they're not done the right way. You know, if we don't get something, then if we don't have the information, we can't start it. If something's not done the right way, we can't release it. You don't have that luxury because <laughs> right. your clients are going to be the ones who you know don't benefit from that, but. Because because of that and because I've had the support early on that I did, it doesn't I don't it doesn't happen. We don't right. have these mistakes, of course, but there's no lack of of acknowledgement or or um, people not caring about it because it, everyone has kind of their hands in right. this overall process. All right. So the last topic I want to talk to you about is um, where are you going to go from here in beauty? Like, do you have aspirations to start your own brand? Like, you know, wh- what's your vision for beauty for Lauren Katz? That's a good question. Um, I love, I will always, I think, be on, have my hands in creative in some way. Um, I love taking these uh, ideas and or challenges and making them something and bringing them to life. And that's kind of the joy that I get is seeing a nothing turn into something and seeing, you know, walking into a salon and seeing something that I ha- I played a role in. Or um, I think I'm always going to be doing something like that, I hope, because I'm passionate about it. Um, I It's actually funny because when I first I first joined Moroccan Oil um, as a project coordinator, and the person who interviewed me knew I came from creative and said, you know, just so you know, this is a super organizational role and and, and uh, operational, and there's no creative work. And now I, I, I knew that, you know, if I kind of got into the place where I wanted to be and was, was at the company that I wanted to be at, and I, I could 
you know, evolve into that. And I did. I have. I, here I am. And I think that, that I'm only going to grow more. Um, and that's, yeah, that's like, that's my, my joy is seeing something come to life and knowing that, you know, it was in my brain or in someone else's brain and we, you know, we created something of nothing. So... Right. So just to come full circle, I remember your dad saying years ago, you know, BBDO years, that um, only in our industry, in the you know, communications business, can a commercial air, let's say on a Super Bowl, and there's 500 people around the country or world saying, that's my that's my project. Right. 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 Um, oh, yeah, of course. And that's the same for us in what we do in beauty, too. Right? Of there's course. So of many course. people involved. Yeah. And he, he also, I think the best, maybe not piece of advice, but the best... This, the the thing that stuck most with me, I mean, I've heard him say, God only knows how many things, but I remember one time I was, I said to him, oh my God, I saw the best commercial ever. He was like, well, what was it? And I was like, oh, I don't remember the brand, but it was about this and this. And he's like, then it wasn't a good commercial. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. And yes, I can say, you know, I did something or I was involved in something, but if somebody recognizes it and if it gets this, you know, if, uh, somebody tells me, oh, I saw this, I saw this Moroccan oil thing in a magazine. That is what fuels me because it's something that resonated and something that was powerful and it's something that made a mark. Right. That's awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom thank with you. us today. Thank you for having me. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with my cousin, Lauren. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at where brains meet beauty podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.